Thanks for listening to the Paid Forward Podcast. This podcast is a live Twitter space recording where Kickflips and Flip and Hustle pay forward the lessons they've learned over years of building several businesses online, trying dozens of side hustles, and meeting tons of successful and effective leaders in a variety of different industries. Our goal is to pay forward the knowledge we've accumulated so that you can learn, start, grow, and master whatever side hustle or business it is which you feel is your calling right now. Oh, and if you're free on Thursdays at noon Eastern, be sure to slide into our live Twitter spaces and join us and other business owners as we discuss these ideas live. Who knows? We might also be able to talk to you live, answer your questions, and help you on your journey towards financial freedom. After all, we're here to pay it forward. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Let's get started. Well, Tish, if you got stuff you're going on, love to hear it. Sure, man. Yo, you already know everything I'm working on. Just trying to get this NFT jumping. Um, I was going to ask you, uh, the Etsy store, you said you don't do, it just runs by itself. Yeah, so I don't even, I don't make as much as I could off of it anymore just because it ain't where my like top priorities are. So what I did to get it off the ground is I was kind of funneling a lot of time into it. I have two monitors, so I'd make designs on one and I'd have Netflix on the other. Crank out like an hour or two each day for two months making designs, run those ads, see what perform. Eventually, you know, if you're running ads and you start to get enough of a click through and conversion on some of them, you're kind of going to own the keywords for that listing, sort of like search engine optimization on Google. Um, and at that point, I just, I don't pay for, I haven't paid for ads for over a year now because it's kind of like I already owned the listings. So why would I pay to come up as the top result if I was already organically coming up as the top result? So I ain't update, like I just tweeted this kind of randomly a few months ago and it low, like by my stand, I had under a thousand followers and I had like 200 likes and comments or whatever. So back then that was kind of huge and people were like, dude, like, how do I do this? Like you say you don't work at all and you're doing thousands in sales a month. Like, oh, like I didn't, I didn't realize people thought this was as cool as it is. Um, but yeah, I ain't never touch it anymore. Pretty much just somebody buys something and then I take like 30 seconds to just like click a button and fill the order. Then the printing facility makes it, ships it out to them, and I collect the check. Mm, that's what I need because I hate going to the mailbox. Yeah, it's a, it's fun. Like I, I don't know if I could pour a ton. I'm not sure I could make this like a full time thing. Like even if I like super double down on it, I'm not sure I'd be doing like six figures in profit. I'm just not sure if I could keep up with all that. But it's totally like. Dude pays my groceries, pays my phone bill, pays everything, and I don't spend no time on it. Uh, you know, if, if somebody was to ask me how could I make an extra five hundred dollars a month, totally this is dope. If somebody asked me how can I make an extra five thousand dollars a month, I'm not sure this is it. Uh, but there are people who do. I tried to put him on. I haven't seen the tweet in forever. There's an account on here called Etsy Millionaire, and he was going hard for a few months, and I haven't seen him tweet in forever. But I thought he was going to be like the next big thing. He runs like the fourth largest Etsy, at least in a certain category store, does millions in sales each year. Yo, and I thought he was going to be like the biggest thing. Yo, I reached out to him. I was like, dude, like, let me help you grow. You were putting out some insane content. This is dope. I just haven't heard from him forever. So there's people who are killing it, you know, doing their full time on Etsy and crushing it. But I think this is sort of more a, hey, like I want to pay my phone bill each month. I want to pay my groceries. I think that's sort of what it is. And it's, you know, it's kind of one of those things that you work once, get paid forever crush it for a month and just let it be. All right. All right. I see Ken with what up? What up, Brody? What's cracking? Hey, uh, you think I could sell my my charms on Etsy? Dude, totally. Yeah. Why, why don't you tell people what you're talking about in case anyone wasn't here on Tuesday? But yeah, you totally could. 
well, I sell croc charms. Anybody that buys worse crocs, I sell croc charms, the little giblets, whatever you want to call them, that go inside the crocs. Uh, return on investment, super huge. I've just been trying to like diversify and find other ways to sell them. Aside from Macari, offer up, let go uh, through my little Google Docs and everything. Yeah, you could totally do that. Like I said, a lot of it is a lot of it's like owning the listings or owning the keyword. It's kind of saying things like Amazon or Google or whatever. It's basically you got to find a way so that when people are typing in what you sell, you're getting in front of them. That's the big thing. And so the kind of the way I do that is looking at keywords and then I advertise for a little bit, you know, Etsy ads. Um, basically, if somebody types in one of your keywords, you should become like, a top advertised result on the top row. And if people mess with it, hopefully they'll click on it and buy it. Then the more they do that, the more organically you're going to start coming to the top of those search results so that you either don't need to keep paying or you can keep paying and it just keeps converting and stuff like that. Uh, but that's sort of the name of the game is owning the listings or owning the keywords for certain results. That's the ultimate goal. All right, definitely. Uh, do you have multiple ads for the same thing or just one ad for each item? Yeah, right now I run, so it's not like Facebook. So, you know, Facebook, you can create a few different ads on, uh, you know, ads manager and you're creating different ad sets and campaigns and stuff like that. So you could advertise the same item in like five different ways to see which one converts better. Uh, the way Etsy works is literally you just create the listing and you click opt into ads and they're going to solely just, when people type in either your keywords or your title words, uh, if your listing has some or enough of those to warrant your ad getting placed up top there at the top of the results um, for those keywords, then you're going to go to the top. So they're just going to see like your product listing. Definitely. So it's basically just like uh, running ads on Mercari. Yeah, I've actually never done that before, but from what I'm aware about Mercari, yeah, it's basically, hey, you type in some stuff and then a few listings just show up at the very top is promoted. It's not like Facebook where you're at, you know, running different campaigns or ad sets. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Because Macari, like, you you know, you pay, like, 50 cents, 35 cents, whatever it is for the ad, and then it boosts your thing up to the top. Just, like, offer up, you give them a couple of dollars, and they boost your ad to the top of the list. Yeah, that's exactly how Etsy works. All right, definitely. I'm about to, I'm about to go look into that right now. I bet. I'm going to add Corey has his hand up, so I'm going to add him. Or, yo, you can, uh, you can unmute, bro, if you want. Bro, what's the word, y'all? How's it going? Talking to... It's cool, it's cool. That work right now. So basically, what I'm doing, that's why I tapped in because y'all kind of talking about what I'm doing for the job right now. Um, I work for this company that resell on Amazon. You know, it's a lot of people who do that shit, but like, dude, who I work for to do it up here in Minnesota is like on like, different scale with the shit. Hey, yo, music is like, loud, bro. All right, hold on, hold on. Let me, uh, let me get somewhere y'all can hear me. <laughs> I'm inside Nike right now. Nobody at work in a pandemic. Yeah. Everything. Uh, yeah, y'all can hear me a little better? Yeah, you good. Yeah, yeah. So shit, uh, I don't know, bro. As we spending like, shit, we go out and spend like 400000 a month for him and shit. We resell the shit on Amazon. So is it the same thing? So I'm, I'm kind of trying to pick up the game from him, you know. From only bands and whoever the fuck else, I'm trying to get all the knowledge I can so I can stop working. You feel me? But uh, is it the same shit on Etsy too? Because I know Amazon charged like thirty percent for you to sell on there, but they solidified in their position. Yeah, so it's 
Yeah, so Etsy isn't the same. You can like technically resell stuff on there. Like you see it. Uh, they're more like their ideal thing is handmade goods, and then people like me come in there and we don't touch nothing and we still sell stuff and own listings. Uh, but it's not so much you're like buying inventory. So you know, I assume you're just kind of buying inventory right now and selling it on Amazon, right? Nope, think you just cut out there. Look, are you kind of buying inventory right now and then selling it on Amazon, right? Yeah, yeah. So we just go out shop Nike, Adidas, Polo, discount stores, Marshalls, all that shit. And then they either ship it to the Amazon warehouse or they just keep it in their warehouse and be merchant fulfilled. Yeah. So what Etsy is, or at least what we're doing here, I'm talking about, and this isn't my main thing. This is kind of, you know, a little side thing I run. I run the reselling thing too, but I'm not quite as much Amazon. I'm doing flips on eBay, stuff like that. Like I said, check out some of the tweets up into the top of this group. I'm just going to mute you for a sec because you got mad background noise. Um, what I'm, what I'm doing is with Etsy, it's called print on demand. So you're talking about like, I right, Nike makes a shirt. I'm going to go buy it. Then I'm going to send it to Amazon. And when somebody buys it, Amazon is going to send it to that person. What print on demand is, you know, like I said, I don't sell shirts, but let's just say I did somebody, I create a design for a t-shirt. Somebody on Etsy buys that t-shirt and then some like t-shirt printing company somewhere prints that t-shirt after somebody's already bought it, then they mail it to the person who bought it off Etsy. Let's say I charge 20 bucks for that shirt. The company charges me $8 for the shirt. And then I owe Etsy $2 in fees. I cool. They paid me 20 bucks. The t-shirt company charged me $8. Etsy charged me $2. You know, that's $10 a cost on a $20 sale. I collect a $10 check. I don't touch nothing. And I ain't buying inventory until somebody has already bought the item from me. That's how the whole thing works. Uh, yeah, that's 100, that's 100. That's really all I need to tap in for. I'm going to get back in and finish doing what I got to do. But yeah, Tease, man, fucked up my morning routine when you stopped doing the crypto and coffee, my boy. <laughs> Glad to see you uh, back at it, though. Man, I, hey, got to get them views on the podcast. Uh, got a new episode dropping today, too. I'm gonna get kid flips on there on one episode. Hey, where the, where the podcast at? It's, it's on Apple. Yeah, I'm, I'll drop the link in the uh, in the Discord for you. In which section? It's a section. It's uh, say I think it says Only Bands Podcast. All right, but I'm, I'm gonna tap in. Y'all can uh, y'all can put me down though. You recording those at Deadstock DMV still, Tish? The whenever we got guests, we we do the video because we want people to get their shine. But if if we don't got guests, then we just do it down in the basement, just for the audio. All right, all right, dude. Hey, let me know. I got I got some friends out in the area. I might have to if if you actually I got to first off I got to support Brandon over there. I ain't bought nothing from him yet. I kind of I want to do it in store, but I got to support the store over there because he's dope. Love what he's doing. But also, hey, yo, if you actually want me on, let me know. I might see if I can pull through pull through the area at some point. Oh, it just depends on your schedule, man. We fly the guests out, man. We put, get you the hotel treatment, put you somewhere in the city. Oh, d- dude, that's the case. You you tell me when. I'll be down there. Like I said, I, I've been meaning to get down there just to – I got some friends out there, and I'm trying to support you – know, I'd, I'd rather buy in store, but I've been trying to support him for a while, and I just you – know, I'd rather do it in person, but – Dude, I'd love to chop it up with you, dude. Hop on the Only Bands podcast in case you know if ain't nobody listening, be sure to be sure to check out the Only Bands pod too. Oh, that's that's too easy. That's in your DM. Get the schedule right, dude. Bet I'd love to. No problem. 
Heck yeah. What's anybody, like I said, feel free. We taking questions now if anyone's talking anything. Uh, for those who joined late, we, me and uh, Flip and Hustle, if you guys don't follow him, run this live Twitter space every Thursday at noon Eastern. We just started recording it today and we're going to call it Paid Forward. Uh, we're going to be kind of editing it up, cleaning it up and throwing it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you guys get your podcasts. But we like to take the second half of this, just, you know, see what stuff people are doing, questions they might have, any dope plays. So if anybody's got anything, feel free to, you know, let me know and we'll we'll add you. Tell TJ that's what he needs to do with Crypto and Coffee. He needs to just edit it, chop it up, and put it on the podcast. A joint two hours, man. It's, it's too long for, for Anchor to be in like four or five parts. But Crypto and Coffee is just something that it's like an extension of the podcast. It ain't. It's just some shit I was supposed to do like one time and it just ended up being like an everyday thing. So it's it's two separate entities. But I do got a question, uh kick flips. What what script you running on when you go into these stores and you like, yo, I'm trying to get a, a PS4 or PS5 and then you walk out with like six? Yeah, so I'm getting you know, here, I did a little thread on it and I'll talk a little bit more, but I'll also pin it to the top of here so anybody can read through. Uh, so normally they only let you buy one, right? What I run is I'll like show up there or whatever, be like, hey, I was looking for, first off, if they have one in stock, I'm just going to take my one and go. If they have a couple in stock, what I'm going to do is be like, hey, you know, my buster's looking to get one. You know, my buddy was looking to get one too. You know, my, you know, no worries if not, but I'm able to get one, which it is true. My buddies are looking to get them. I'm just going to keep them. Uh, but I'll be like, hey, my buddy was looking to get one. Any chance I'm able to grab two of them or something like that if they got more than one? Half the time they let me, half the time they don't. And every now and then, like I've been posting, dude, there were a couple times last week. This was Walmart too. Target workers tend to care a little bit more, but you know, Walmart workers don't give a crap half the time. I think there were three of them at a Walmart. I was like, yo, any chance I can grab another one for my buddy? He's like, dude, you got the money. You can buy all of them. I don't care. I literally just said that to me. I'm like, I bet. Uh, so that's what I run. I kind of just like feel out like, hey, man, like no worries. and not all good. But my buddy was looking to get one too. Any chance I could snag the other one? Uh, and if they don't have any of them, this is usually where I cash in if I like actually got the time is I'll ask them, hey, do you have any either? You know, most places aren't carrying PS5s in stock in stores. You've got to buy those online. But they got the Series Xs in stock, which, you know, you can make maybe an $80 profit per unit on that. You know, I got the target red card. So that's basically depending on where you live means with those rewards, you're buying it tax free. So buy it for 500, move it for 580 or whatever. Same with PS4s, buy it for 300, move it for 380 ish, give or take. Uh, and I'll be like, Hey, yo, you got any of these in stock? They'll be like, no. I'm like, can you check on your, whatever that scanner is? Are there, you know, any in stock and other targets around the area, you know, would love to pick one up. And that's actually sometimes better because then they're checking like six stores in the surrounding like 20 miles. They're like, oh yeah, these three have some in stock. But as soon as I leave, I'm calling all six being like, hey, I was looking to buy one. Any chance you can hold it? No worries if not. Person at XYZ store said you had them. Cool. Call six stores. Three of them have them. Got them held at all three stores. Go in there, swoop them, grab some Chipotle on my way out and call it a night. Uh, but that's usually like the script there. If they have one in stock, I'll grab it. If they have a couple, I'll see if I can grab a couple. And if they got none, then I ask them to check inventory for surrounding stores and I'll just swoop those if I got time. Bet. It's in my notepad now. People really still buying the PS4s? Oh, yeah. So they got a – so like, you know, everybody's buying, you know, PS5s are all the hype. But Sony released a thing. And people thought, like, console prices were dead because uh, every retailer, Best Buy Target, you know, whatever it might be, was dropping PS5s, like, every day in December. The market kind of got flooded. 
prices tanked. They were still profitable, but they weren't like, you know, we was running it back, like selling them for $800 back in November. Then prices kind of dipped to below 600. Now we're kind of moving them around 650 or so. Uh, but everybody's like, dude, like PS5s or, you know, everybody wanted them. Then as soon as Christmas stopped, they stopped making them basically because every retailer was kind of holding stock for Christmas and they sold everything they had. And like Best Buy hasn't dropped in like a month now. Target's probably dropping tomorrow, by the way. So if you guys want to plug in and get the hookup for that, be sure to slide through Kickflips Pro. That's the reselling group I run. If you're a member of OnlyBands, we dropped that discount in the OnlyBands chat because OnlyBands members aren't paying full price for this because we love y'all. Uh, but that's dropping tomorrow, likely for Target. Um, but yeah, uh, PS, they released a thing saying, hey, we're probably not going to be able to keep making more PS5s like consistently. Like The supply chain ain't getting better in 2022. And so people were saying, I right, bet I'm not going to pay $650, $700 for a PS5. I'm going to just buy a PS4. So demand went up, but they kind of like stopped making PS4s because they was making PS5s. So now people who can't get their hands on PS4s or PS5s, they now want PS4s. So now we're able to sell PS4s for a profit. Uh, Sony just said, hey, we're going to start making more PS4s now because we're able to make them a little bit easier than PS5s. You can still buy a PS4 for $300 and sell it for $380 or so, which, you know, once again, a lot of it's like not life-changing, but you spend $3, buy a PS4, move it for, let's say, a $70 profit. That probably took you five minutes. You know, run that back a few times as much as you can. All right, that'll pay your electric bill. All right, do it again. That'll pay your phone bill. Do it three more times. There's your groceries for the month. You know, adds up over the course of 30 days. And that's kind of what it's all about is everybody's flexing these. You know, you know, I'm big on, you know, I love the NFT flips so you can make a ton of money. But, you know, being able to consistently hit a $70 profit every three days or so, like that'll add up over the course of time. So that's kind of what we're about. But yeah, long story short, PS4 is profitable for sure. Yeah, because I've seen like, even I remember like a while back, the PS4 controllers were on a shortage and they kept saying like, we're not making anymore, but there's like here and there you can find them. Yeah, it's wild as you start to like camp out in this world. If you're already, you know, not just Kickflips Pro, if you're a member of any reselling group or even some stuff I've dropped in OnlyBands, it's wild the stuff that people are willing to pay for. There was a point in time which me and some of the members were selling Halo, like limited edition Xbox controllers. Yeah, I could post a screenshot. I sold one for like 280 or something like that. Just the stuff people are paying for, as I'm sure you get. Yeah, it's probably the same in the NFT world where it's some people are like, this is the coolest thing ever. And then other people are like, what am I spending money on? This is wild. Uh, it's kind of the same thing in the reselling world. It's just you have the physical goods. It's wow, how are people paying this much for it? But at the end of the day, if it makes dollars, it makes sense. So I'm gonna keep flipping it even if I don't understand. Yeah, for a while there, I was doing the PS5s and stuff, but it started like, I don't know, the prices were going down, so I wasn't doing it no more. But everybody moved over to the Switches. Yeah, dude, switches. I missed when those were profitable because you could just keep getting those in quick 40 bucks or so and just keep rinse, wash, and repeat. Those kind of died out. I don't know. Are they on the comeback? I haven't seen that at all, but they're in stock everywhere, so I wouldn't think so. I don't know. I've been, I still like, in, I can still flip a light here and there. Um, I've been going to pawn shops and just getting them, picking them up for 60, 70 bucks, selling them for 150. Dude, that's a great hustle. I need to hit up that pawn shop life. Yeah, bro, it's yeah. easy to just make some little money. Oh, also, I want to tell TJ, bro, I had to sleep on the couch. Thanks, bro. <laughs> you had to sleep on the couch. Yeah, about that. Oh, big I told man, I told you about what you were saying, man. He was wilding out. I only bought one though, so I thought it wasn't gonna be that big a deal. <laughs> man, hey, you gotta watch what you're saying in spaces, man. Either your girlfriend listening or your girlfriend's friend is listening, and they gonna report back. 
Financial advice teacher told me to do it. Nah. But hey, man, thanks, kid. For I ain't got no more questions, man. I'm I uh I got to drop tomorrow for the PS. What is the PS fives in Target tomorrow? You said. Yeah, that's what they're. I mean, nothing's official until they officially launch it. You know, I just hear word on the street. I kind of know what their release schedules are looking like. So I ain't saying it's happening, but I'm saying it's likely. You know, I'll just say it right here. Uh, I'd be on the Target website around 7.30 Eastern, get up ready for those digitals and discs. Maybe they'll drop Xbox Series Xs too. Uh, you know, if you're in OnlyBands or if you want to slide through Kickflips Pro, we'll be pinging it as soon as they go live, giving you guys tips and tricks on how to cop. But yeah, I think you should be able to make some good money off that. If you got a Target red card, use that. You get an extra 5% back. But yeah, Target console restock tomorrow morning is likely, but not you know, confirmed. What about Sam's Club? Sam's Club's dropping from time to time. A lot of what they do, a lot, this is what GameStop does. And, you know, I get why they do it. They got to run their thing. Uh, but they drop a lot of the like bundles where you can't just buy a PlayStation. You got to buy a PlayStation with two games and an extra controller and like a $50 gift card or whatever. So they can jack that price up and stuff like that to the point where it's really not that profitable at the end of the day. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, that's what they do. Like I said, I'll keep this open for a little bit while longer in case anybody else has any questions. Uh, we, like I said, we run this every Thursday at noon. We're talking entrepreneurship, making money online, you know, flipping and reselling. If you want to get started with reselling, like I said, check out some of the uh, tweets I pinned up to the top of this group or hit me a DM. Uh, you know, I run and I'm part of reselling group where we help people make money flipping sneakers, consoles. Like I said, tickets to live events have been a super fun one. We got a credit card points reward hacker, sports betting, paid surveys are dope. I see. I'm going to add you as a speaker if you want to hop in. Uh, Survey Insider is dope. We also got Joe DeSlidden runs an awesome, I'd say probably literally the best reselling group, especially if you want to get on an Amazon. Absolute legend in the reselling space. Um, but yeah, dude, there's so much money to go around. Tease was sharing some crypto plays earlier, you know, flipping hustle was sharing what there is going around. Like there's so much room here for everyone to make money. So that's why we run this every Thursday and just try to, you know, show some people where it's at and, you know, what they can do to hopefully just improve wherever they're at in life. But just to add to Joe, what's happening? What's good, man? Dude, we've been running. We've been ripping for like an hour and a half now. You just missed it. Tiege bounced off at one point. I don't know how long you've been in. He was sharing a lot of game. You know, Chris was in here earlier per usual. I uh, I knew you guys were coming on, and for some reason, my service was out for like 30, 40 minutes. Then I had to go rob the ollies I was uh, hitting at. So, Dude, love that. That's a... Uh... Dude, you've been crushing allies. Why don't you tell it? Like I said, we got a good amount of people here from the Only Bands crew or Tiege might have put on, so they might not be familiar with who you are and what you do. Why don't you give them a little quick little intro? Because, yo, if you're on Money Twitter, it's probably because of Joe. Nah, I don't We were talking that. about you nah, earlier, too. Oh, we were talking earlier how me and Chris both got on Money Twitter, and it was both because of you. So we were, we were shouting you out earlier. Um, yeah, Joe just uh, resell, started reselling um, about four years ago. Um, almost like your typical story, got tired of working 60, 70 hours a week and breaking even. Um, it's not fun. If uh, you've been there, I know what you're going through. Um, so started with garage sales, estate sales, thrift stores, um, then got into retail arbitrage and online arbitrage a couple of years ago. Uh, was selling primarily on eBay for a while, switched everything over to amazon last year and 
I run uh, like kickflips. Um, I, I also run a group as well, um, PFP. And uh, yeah, that's about it. Right now, I'm just, uh, I'm outsourcing. I go, I do try to switch everything to OA for the most part, but um, once a week, I do uh, a day where I source just Ollie's right now. Um, there's just too much good stuff. You know, I could spend a thousand and make a thousand profit. So at those type of margins, like I can't turn that down. So I think I've spent 1400 bucks today. My goal was to spend um, between two and three. So I got a couple more stores to hit. So we'll probably get there. Dude, love it. I hate to run this back because I know we talked about this two days ago, but not sure if you saw me and Chris just started recording these. We're calling it paid forward. We're going to just edit them, throw them on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever. So I know I asked you this Tuesday, but now that we got it recorded, people can listen. I'm going to run back the same question. You're 22 years old. You got five grand in your pocket and you want to you know, make it, whatever that means in five years, you know, just freedom. What are you doing? Five years, you're 22 years old and you're starting with 5K. 5K, um, you know, there's so many options. Um, you know, there's crypto, there's NFTs, there's, you can do the nodes, you can invest in stocks, but my mentality with 5k at 22 is like, I need to turn this into a hundred K as fast as possible. And so knowing what I know now, I would have started reselling when I was way younger. I'm 32 now. Um, I wish I would have started when I was 22. I wish I would have started even younger. Um, because I've watched people turn a hundred dollars into ten thousand, then ten turn that ten thousand to a hundred k, and then from there, um, you open up a lot more opportunities for uh, you know to take advantage of. You can invest more in crypto. You can invest more in stocks if you want to do that. You can um, do the NFT flips, um, and so like my mentality is I need to turn that 5k into 10k, that 10k into 25, that 25 into a hundred and that hundred you can turn into millions over the course of time. If I had started with 5k when I was 22 reselling, um, I probably at this point wouldn't have to work again. Um, I'm actually in firm belief of that. Um, I started later, I was dead broke and it's all good, but I would, I would be reselling. You could do I mean, there's so many different business models and reselling. Um, really, it's just picking, you know, a way to go and, and go in all the way into it. Dude, that's dope. And we were talking to Tej earlier. He kind of shared his, you know, how old's PFP now? Two years old? Almost two years old. All right. And you guys got, you know, over a thousand members in there. You know, members are killing it. I know if I'm a, you know, Sorry if I'm not allowed to say this, but you guys got those VAs in there who are going to be, you guys are soon going to be dropping well over a hundred leads a day or somewhere around there. Right. Um, right. Like what did you do to be able to sort of get that super, you know, relatively quick growth over two years. And I'm sure while you were in it every day felt like a long one, you know, T's was sharing, you know, only bands is only a year old and they're popping PFP is two years old. They're popping. Like what did you do to really grow that community and that following? Um, you know, it's really being active on social media, showing proof, um, and, and trying to provide value as cliche as that sounds. But, um, you know, I started PFP with the mentality that 
you know, before like uh, like NFTs and and staking and everything came about, like you know, everyone on Twitter was talking about copywriting and drop shipping and opening up brands, which are all good business models if you know what you're doing. But a lot of them can come up with a huge startup cost, and so like and and I at the time had like a hundred dollars to spare, so my mentality was not everyone can do this and maybe not everyone's looking to leave their job um, because some people enjoy their nine to five and that's fantastic. Um, But some people like an extra two, three, 500, a thousand, $2,000 a month is extremely beneficial for a majority of people. And, but a lot of people don't have a lot of startup funds. So why not show them how to, to resell or introduce them to the reselling world, bring on a bunch of people who are way smarter than me. Um, I mean, every single person that's in there, that's either a partner with PFP or a mod, or I've had guests I've met through Twitter or social media minus one. Um, And it's usually all people who are smarter than me. So um, taking some risks, um, you know, I took a 20K risk on a marketing team last year that ended up tanking, uh, didn't do anything for me. I was actually, it's still a sore subject. Um, but you know, I would have never known if I didn't try it out. Um, but I'm always looking into new niches. How can we provide more value for the members? And, you know, with the VAs coming on, it's, it's literally impossible for people not to make money if they do the work. Um, a lot of people, it doesn't matter if it's reselling or any business model. They see people crushing it, making a hundred K, 200 K, you know, or an extra 50 K a month, whatever it may be. And they think, Oh, I could just do this overnight. It doesn't happen overnight. If you're not willing to put in the work, if you're not willing to put in the time, just like everything else, uh, you're not going to make it. I mean, people will spend four years for a, a garbage degree um, where they pay a hundred K and they can't get a job in that, you know, specific area, but they'll give up on something that could potentially change their life. And they, they don't even give it six months and it's a shame, but that's why there's really no competition in my opinion. Yeah. Right on. I felt, I sent out a tweet a little bit ago and I still kind of felt weird about it. Not cause I don't a hundred percent believe it, but I just know I like you kind of have, I don't know if it's like a vested interest in like the underlying what the tweet meant, uh, but I still just full sent it. And that was uh, some of the effect of like, I am amazed at the amount of people who are gung ho about reselling and don't make anything or don't make much in two weeks and like then decide to like quit or I guess, you know, in our terms, it'd be like cancel. Um, and it's like, I said, it's like, imagine that you started working out and dieting for two weeks and didn't see much of a change. And you thought that, you know, working out was a scam or it wasn't effective because you weren't jacked. Um, that's kind of, yo, the same thing I see is like, why would you expect to be super good at this in two weeks? And once again, I felt weird sending because I understand like, I mean, I make more reselling than I do, you know, memberships to the group. There's never been a month where I've made more off of memberships than I did reselling, but I still get, you know, you know, people are still paying you, paying me for leads and stuff like that. So I understand like, I don't love the connotation of me kind of calling it out like that, but that is really how it is. It's like you try something for two weeks and, you know, oh, this didn't really work out. Must not actually be legit. These people are throwing up fake bars or whatever it is when really, yo, yo, I've been doing this for 10 years and I'm still learning new stuff every day. Um, and that's just kind of the way everything works. It's not just reselling. I'm sure, you know, if you're really into fitness, you're learning more about biology 10 years later 
Um, but yeah, rant over there. <laughs> no, I mean, it, I mean, it's true. I mean, uh, there's a, there's a married couple who joined PFP back in, um, back in late June of last year. Um, they both had full-time jobs. The wife's still working, but the husband in six months, they were able to, they're making enough to cover, actually make more than what he was making at his, at his old job. And so that's allowing him one, they're increasing their income as a joint family Two, he gets to spend more time with their kids. Um, and three, you know, he gets to make his own schedule. Um, and that's, uh, you know, as cliche as it is six to 12 months can change the entire trajectory of your life. Um, but most people think six months is a long time, but they'll work um, and, and complain and bitch and moan at the same job for 10 years. So, you know, and then you have people who are saying, I don't have time, you know, I have this, I have that. And I'm like, I get it. I mean, I've been busy. You know, I used to work 70 hours a week. I still found time because it was important to me because I wanted a different route for my life. If you want to change your life, you'll find a way if you're just going to talk about it, you'll just find an excuse. Yeah, I agree. I was talking earlier. I don't tweet too much about this just because looking back, I don't think this was healthy. Um, but I guess you know, some people are like, that's what it takes to make it is there was a point in my life. I was already making over 10 K a month and this was probably like a five month period. I was still sleeping on a couch in a one bedroom, one bath apartment with a roommate who got the actual bedroom. Um, and kind of just, all right, that's just the way it is. I'm saving money on rent. I'm spending all day. You know, I was still working a full-time job. So wake up, do a little bit of work for kickflips, work at my job, work <laughs> at my job. I'd work as much on kickflips as I was able to while still working a job. And then, you know, come home, hit the gym for an hour, work on kickflips, go to bed, run it all back. Um, and once again, like if somebody was to ask me, like, do you think that was healthy? Do you, would you recommend that to people? I'd say, no, I think there could have been a little bit more moderation in there, but there's still some, you know, that is, being willing to do that, I think to an extent is what it takes. Or if you're not, you'll, you can still make it. Like, I'm not a huge person who's saying like, you have to be working those 18 hour days. It's just don't expect to make it as fast as somebody who is working those 18 hour days. If that's not where you're willing to put into it. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, I had a DM that says, is it ever okay to take a day off? And I'm like, yeah, like, I think people will look at people like Gary V who is a freak of nature because that guy is insane with all that he does not everyone's built like that and it's easy to get burned out um but I mean like when I was working in insurance as an underwriter and so I was working you know the 40 hours a week um but I realized like I wanted to increase my knowledge and in investing um, at the time and what I could do to, you know, make more money. So what I was doing, like we would have a hour lunch break. So what I was doing, instead of taking my lunch break and eating lunch, I would eat my lunch at my desk the last 15 minutes before our break while still working. And then I would go to a Starbucks or a coffee shop or something. And on my hour break, I was, I get a coffee and I was reading up on anything and everything I could. And at the time, it seemed like I really wasn't going anywhere. But looking back, you know, that was six years ago. That was probably one of the best decisions I ever made. Um, it's just using time more efficiently. Um, it's not always working 18 hours. It's finding the little breaks you have in between where you have 15 minutes there, 30 minutes here. Um, and like doing stuff like this, the Twitter spaces, like I, you know, the days that I'm sourcing, 
I jump on Twitter spaces and just listen. I'm learning stuff new every single day that maybe I would have never even come across if I didn't, you know, jump on. And it's not like I'm wasting time because, you know, I'm driving from store to store, but you know, I'm, I'm killing two birds with one stone. Essentially I'm learning something new and I'm like making notes on my phone. Like, okay, I'm going to check this out when I get home. I'm going to check out this node when I get home, you know? Yeah. You get in on that. Uh, working on it. So I'm hoping by the end of the weekend, I'll be, I'll be in on something. Okay. What do you eyeing up right now? I'll give a little overview for anyone. Well, half the people in here probably came from only bands. So y'all know what nodes are, but essentially they're a form of like crypto passive income to describe it in five seconds, but go right ahead. Which ones are you looking at? Uh, definitely looking at strong and Thor would be my main two right now. Nice. That's what, uh, right now I have four strong and I think I need to diversify as well. I think that's smarter. That's what a uh, Chris flipping hustle says. He's in, he's in strong Thor power and project X. Um, and I don't know enough about the space to tell you the merits of any of them, but I think diversification, especially in a space like this is probably smarter than throwing all your eggs into one basket. But like I was running that out, dude, the numbers on those are pretty crazy. And you don't, Part of that's just if it's too good to be true. I don't know. You're probably in the same boat where it's like, is the rug going to get pulled? What's going to happen here? But the way everything is shaped up that's been running for over a year, like, no's are crazy. Right. And, you know, no one wants to get the rug pulled on them. But if I'm going to get the rug pulled on me, like, shit happens, you know? <laughs> I'd rather take the chance. And if it works out, fantastic. If it doesn't, um, you know, you can make money back. Um, I'm not going to go invest my entire net worth into them by any means. Uh, I don't have, you know, I'm not going to do that. There's taking chances and there's being irrational, but, um, you know, once you understand how to turn a dollar into 10 risk like this, like investing a couple thousand into a note or whatever it may be is less risky because if for some reason you lost it, you know how to make the money back. I know how to make the money back. So I'm not worried about it. Yeah, I was, and I wrote a thread about this. I think it was a week and a half ago. I had lunch with a, a local guy here. I'm back in Buffalo just for a little bit, even though I'm gone most weekends right now. Uh, but local guy I've known for a few years, he is a DECA millionaire. He worked in tech in like software and then he found a lot of money into real estate and I was explaining nodes to him. We kind of like bounce investments off each other. We grab lunch uh, and I was bouncing off him. And, you know, right at the table, I was like, he transferred $10,000 to his Coinbase to be able to buy two nodes. And I remember what he said is, hey, this looks good. I've dug into it. I'm pretty big on it. I think that this will work out well. But even if it doesn't, I'm already not in crypto much. So I'm sure the lessons I'll learn here from losing $10,000 will pay, will more than pay me back in the long run. And it's like, yeah. Some people will be like, oh, it's easy for him to say that because he's a decamillionaire. And that is true. But I think I think that's how you get to that level is by thinking like that is, all right, I'm going to pay to play because I know that even if this doesn't work out, something will happen. You know, the, the more chances you take, you know, the luckier you get. Plain and simple. Everyone's like, oh, you got lucky on that investment. I'm like, well, you know, you didn't see the you know, five other 
plays that I made that I lost money on. But yeah, I am happy this one outweighed all the losses exponentially. I mean, the same is just true in life. You know, you take some chances and, you know, I think it's almost a necessity if you want to elevate yourself. Um, you know, times are different from like when our parents were growing up. It was easier to get a good job that you could support a family on and live comfortably and have a decent sized retirement. Um, but times are changing and, you know, minimum wage is trash. Inflation is sky high. I'd say it's at least two and a half times what they're telling us. I mean, you got to make some plays out there. Money, other than like an emergency fund, money just sitting in the savings account is just kind of a waste. So it's like, I'd rather put it into play and see if I can get some return on it. Yeah, dude, absolutely. And yeah, like you're saying, like, I don't know about you, like before PFP started, like, had you tried stuff and failed? I know I, uh, at one point, that was like my big thing. The first thing like I ever did that wasn't flipping was I, I've talked about this about a lot. Like you say, you like bring on people smarter than you in PFP. I'm not sure I qualify because I failed math, science and history all in the 10th grade. <laughs> um, but like I found a way to still, you know, I started college at 18 graduated with my bachelor's at 19, had a master's in finance by 21. And people were like, dude, like, how'd you do that? That's absurd. Like you should write a book. You should make an online course. And I did. And it did, it made like no money ever, but I heard about, I learned about Gumroad. I learned how to do that. I learned how to create a digital product and fast forward two years. Here we are, you know, kickflips is actually working now, but if I'd never taken that first step and started something that failed, we'd never gotten to where we are now. Yeah. Was there something before PFP that was kind of like that for you? Um, you know, I bought a course on copywriting, um, and I know people got great results from it because they were, I just, I tried and I was just like, this ain't for me. Um, I did a little eBay drop shipping because that's actually, if you can get everything right, um, you can almost essentially put that on automation, um, a few hours of work a week, but when COVID happened, Amazon was selling, I was essentially having listings on eBay. And when a listing was purchased on eBay, it would link to this software that would purchase it from Amazon and send right to the customer. So it was ideal. Um, and you know, if Amazon prices went up, you could adjust your prices automatically. But the problem was people started buying things on eBay um, that were no longer in stock on Amazon. So, that became an issue. And with the supply chain issues, I just never went back to that model at this time. Um, so I failed at that. I mean, there's other things I failed at. Um, you know, I thought about creating, you know, a little document here, a newsletter here just didn't take off. Um, but like you mentioned, um, through all those little failures, you, you kind of lead yourself onto other avenues that end up being successful. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't really know. And it happens, but there's not a ton of people I know who have gotten big, who didn't at least start something in it failed. Or I bet in your case, like if there were some first tries, maybe it didn't take off that much. Then you grew your audience, had that success record with PFP. And maybe now, now it's able to come around stuff like that. Even though I think the lifestyle, you kind of give away a lot too. Didn't you have like an ebook at one point and you're just, it's either super cheap or, I mean, you give away so much free game. Yeah. I mean, I gave, you know, my, the first, you know, piece of content, course, whatever you want to call it, you know, I, you know, promoted it for the first couple of years and now I give it away for fairly cheap. Um, I think free stuff is, is valuable, especially you can use it as a lead magnet and now you're getting more marketing type stuff. But um, 
you know, I'm the type of person where if I pay for something, I need to use it. I need to get the value out of it. A lot of people don't, not everyone, but a lot of people um, don't take advantage of free. And so they say, oh, it's free. I can take a look later. You know, maybe I'll do something with it. Maybe I won't. Most of the time, they're never going to look at it again. But you get something that you pay for it with your own money, your own hard-earned money, whatever it, that took to, uh, for you to pay for it. It could be $100. You know, I've paid thousand dollars in coaching like when i pay thousands of dollars in coaching i want to make my money back and then 10 exit so like i'm more inclined to be more motivated to do what's necessary to get the value out of it um so that's my spiel yeah no i definitely agree I, i've seen and it's not just me i'm sure you know pfp I think you said you've, you know, over the years improved a ton. I'm sure it was smaller when it first started, but there's really no correlation between me. I have friends who run other groups and stuff like that. If people decide to like cancel, or there's a card decline. There's no correlation between the price that they joined at and their likelihood to like, if somebody joined when you're like $5 and soon we're going to be more, there's like no correlation between their likelihood to like stick around or something like that. At the end of the day, it's if you're getting your value out of it, you're getting your value. And if you're willing to hustle at it, you'll see some form of a reward. And it doesn't matter if you bought in at $5 or a hundred or whatever it is. Um, I think really forcing yourself to put your money where your mouth is. I think that's half the value of like a personal trainer too. I think that anybody can look up how to work out. And the value is I am poning up the money. I'm having someone keeping me accountable. And that's where the results are more than just like the pure knowledge of it. But sort of like forcing yourself to put your money where your mouth is, the commitment out there is really where the results come from. No, it's funny you mentioned that because I got my degree in exercise science in college. I personal trained for a few years. And, um, you know, I, you know, used to be a workout fiend. Late 20s happened, let myself go a little bit, which, um, you know, it is what it is. So I know how to work out, but I hired a personal trainer to go to three times a week because do I have to spend that money on a trainer? No, but I also know in my mind, okay, I'm paying for someone. Uh, they got great results, but like, if I don't show up, I lose that money and I don't like to lose money personally. So that's how, you know, sometimes you're, the way you think is going to change over the years. Maybe you're not as motivated to do something late as like you used to be able to but like for me i'm like i know i need to work out so i'll just hire someone to kick my ass and if i don't show up i lose money and i don't like like i said i don't like losing money on and i don't like to waste money so yeah and i'm sure i mean correct me if i'm wrong he's probably not showing you any workouts or strategies that you didn't already know for the most part about if you had a degree in it it's he's forcing you to be there essentially He's making sure that you're hitting every rep, that you're getting that time under tension. But it's really not the knowledge. I would assume, correct me if I'm wrong, but if you have a four-year degree, I'm guessing it's not like there's some revolutionary new workout he's teaching you is where most of the value comes from. It's probably just the commitment. Uh, to an extent, you know, I, I think about it now, the whole, uh, whole degree, you, you look at it, it was almost like a, feels like a, it was a waste um, from the, from the standpoint that I realized um, shortly after I graduated, I could have just studied for three or four months and done a, a certification. Um, but where the real knowledge, I mean, 
he's obviously keeping up with, you know, ways to improve technique on powerlifting and, and things like that. And, and switching up, you know, my workouts every couple of weeks to, you know, keep it fresh. And, but I mean, you're right. There's not a whole lot that I didn't know, but I mean, he is bringing in new different aspects of things that I may not be on top of because my mind is in a million places typically. Can I sure. ask a question real quick? Go ahead. I just wanted to ask Joe, like, if you don't mind, uh, like, when you go to Ollie's, do you have, like, a, a game plan as soon as you walk through the doors, or is it just, like, start here, start there, or is it just straight there for one thing and out? I'm – it's a, it's kind of a mixture of both. So um, I have a handful of items that I'm looking for. Um, that I've either sold in the past or I know that they're getting in stock because either leads from other people that have posted or things that I've found myself. Um, but then I'm also, because I go once a week, I've become familiar with the stores and I'm looking at uh, anything that I didn't see the week prior um, because they get the stores around me. I found out this week that they get their shipments in on Thursdays so they unload their new inventory Friday Saturday Sunday so it's all out by Monday um and so I'm looking for something I didn't see before because sometimes you know it can be a discontinued item it can be uh or just something that you know Amazon's not on the listing so I can capitalize on so you know my what I'm looking for changes um every couple of weeks for the most part um, but you know, it's, it's looking at what I've sold before. Is there any products that, um, I've sold previously that, you know, look the same, um, or the same brand? Can I, um, uh, is there something new? And, you know, it's not like I'm picking up 50 different items. I'm, I mean, today I picked up one, two, three, four, five different SKUs, some more than others. But, um, and it's what I've been selling for, you know, the past month and I can't keep it in stock. So I will keep buying until either A, Ollie's runs out or B, there's no more demand. But right now the ranking is so good that as soon as my stuff checks in, it's selling. So that's, I, I, don't, I hope that helped answer. Um, my products change um, for Ollie's specifically. Um, but I'm always looking for something new that um, I can make some money off of. And especially like Ollie's, like usually if there's something good to buy, I can buy a hundred of um, or 200 over a couple stores. Whereas, you know, if I'm just looking on clearance section um, at certain stores, maybe you can find one or two items that are profitable, which is great. But I, for where I am in my business, it's much easier for me and much faster and more efficient and profitable for me to buy and prep a hundred of the same items than, you know, 50 different types of items. So. Definitely, definitely. That's all I was asking because, you know, I do like kind of like flip here, flip there, you know, I go to pawn shops and like thrift stores and stuff like that to grab items like that. But I see things in Ollie's and always like, Oh man, I probably sell that. It's brand new in the box, but kind of like, uh, I don't know. So I'm kind of going back and forth on the thought of it. Honestly, like, I'm not sure what you, 
toys are a big one, but like right now, Ollie's aren't getting a ton of toys that they start usually getting them in late summer. Um, and you can make some money. I'm not sure if you're selling on eBay, if you're doing Amazon um, or locally, but you can find some good stuff um, from a toy perspective. I don't do, I don't deal really with electronics or anything like that. So um, I can't really comment there, but like right now I'm mostly doing health and beauty and grocery. And then later on this summer, I'll stock up on toys um, that I'll sell during Q4. Nah, that's, that's brilliant. I'm actually um, talking with a guy right now there. He has a truckload of pools. So I'm just like trying to work on this price when getting these pools. And that's what I'm really focused on right now. Yeah. Pools have been a topic we actually touched on our webinar last night. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, I don't know. I'm just wondering if the demand's going to be there because two years ago, if you found them, that was like, that was like the thing last year it was chlorine um and pools you could still make some money off of um, i'm just wondering what the demand's gonna be like um this year so it'll be interesting to see um i know someone posted earlier they were in their local walmart and walmart already had you know their pool pool section filled so I'm not personally touching pools because I'm I'm up in the mountains in Georgia now, so there's not really a demand. And that for me, I don't want to ship them. I rather send in a bunch of units of like tea, like I'm selling tea right now, um, like it's my job, full time gig. I'd rather send tea into Amazon than trying to sell a pool. But that's just where I am. Um, they could definitely be profitable. It's something to keep an eye on for sure. Joe, I had a question for you. I think I brought this up earlier and I forget. By earlier, I mean a couple of days ago. Uh, I'm interviewing my first VA tonight. Uh, is there anything you wish you would have known going into the process when it came to like hiring the ones you've worked with, you know, going in, whether it's on the interview or working with them, like any, any best practices there? Um, I, think it's, I think it's good to know like what their experience is. Do they have prior experience for what um, you want them to do? Like the ones that we've hired, have experience sourcing leads. Um, a lot of them have experience with sourcing leads for drop shipping. So you got to fine tune the process because drop shipping and like arbitrage are like similar but different. Like drop shipping, you can run on slimmer margins. Whereas, you know, reselling, if you're doing OA, you need a specific type of margin for it to be worth it. Um, so uh, it's really just fine tuning processes that they are potentially familiar with um using a couple different programs um but it's kind of it's kind of fun just just seeing what you know getting to know them seeing what they think they can do and you know a va is you know ours are from the philippines and they're so thankful to to be able to work from home and they're not it's not very expensive and so that takes a lot off of my shoulders and i think it's well worth it for people who are in that position if you're just starting out do i think you need a va absolutely not there's plenty of people who never have a va that do everything on their own or they hire a couple people to do it um so if you're just starting out va just get started don't worry about the va stuff but i think you know the va thing is is super cool i'm gonna have a couple i'm gonna plan on hiring a couple more this year to do a few different things a few of the things that i don't personally like to do 
Um, and that just takes time away from me. Um, but yeah, it's, it's an exciting thing. Dude. Awesome. Yeah. I'm pumped. It's gotten to be a lot. And also, yeah, guy I'm talking to is from the Philippines. For anyone not sure, VA means virtual assistant. So it's basically just like an assistant where everything's like online. Um, but yeah, same, some of the Philippines talking with them and, you know, obviously the price arbitrage is awesome, but dude, just seems like a really, the person I've talked to so far, just a genuinely like great, like very grateful person, really, you know, motivated. Um, I got referred by someone who runs a social media, not social media marketing business. It's like a really specific, uh, SEO service. He says, Hey, I've been working with someone. They're awesome. But, um, kind of, we hired somebody and realized that we didn't need them full time. So we kind of scaled them back. But if you want to hire them for the other 20 hours, I can't recommend them highly enough. So it's basically a done deal given, you know, that recommendation right there. But yeah, I'm just super excited to be able to a offload some work and then B just have someone on the team. Um, and from what I've heard, if you, when you hire one VA, it's almost like addictive realizing how much you can have other people do stuff you were doing. So I wouldn't be surprised if this is the start of building out an entire team, but yeah, excited. Cause this is just a, a big step, you know, something that I haven't done before. Yeah. And I, you know, Lawrence King, do you follow Lawrence King? I do. Oh, he's killing it. Yeah. 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 The guy's a genius, but one time he did a webinar with uh, PFP last um, June. Cause I remember I was in Vegas then. So um, we were listening in and he talks about, you know, he's got hundreds of different Twitter pages that people don't know that are his. Um, and what he does is he hires a VA to essentially scrape content from the internet. So it could be motivational posts. It could be related to fitness, health, wealth, whatever. Post it, um, create it, put it into content that's visually appealing, whether it's for Instagram, Twitter. Um, and they, they run the accounts um, and then you can have it on autopilot and each of those are making sales for, it could be products he's affiliating for his own personal products or, or whatever. And so, um, you know, the $500 or $550 a month to run a VA that could grow, you know, a Twitter account that could be making you thousands of dollars down the road to me is a, is a cool investment for the people that want to go that route. Yeah. And I mean, Hey, that's what you guys are doing over PFP is having them, you know, finding leads and stuff like that. And imagine just, that's an incredible ROI, you know, pay them what you pay them, which, you know, people are like, dude, how do you pay them so little? That's what we pay VAs is actually a very above average wage compared to the region as well. Something I think people don't realize that we're actually paying like above an average salary there, even though for us, it's a good deal. Um, but I mean, it's huge ROI to win all around. And like you said, they're grateful to be able to work from home. You know, I, a lot of times I think the person I'll be working with gets to work their hours instead of, you know, I'm East Coast, you are as well, like East Coast hours. Um, it's a great situation all around, I think. And a lot of people lose sight of that if they're like, oh, you're like outsourcing the Philippines, taking away jobs from the U.S., like stuff like that. But it's really a win all the way around. Right. I mean, you think about it. Um, one of the VAs sources 40, 40 hours a week. I don't have time to look for leads 40 hours a week. There's no way. Like if, if, if I didn't resell, if I didn't actually sell stuff, there's no way, no way I'd want to, you know, just source leads 40 hours a week, but they're more than happy to do it. And they're excited. And, you know, we, we do little meetings and, and we fine tune some things. And um, I mean, they say when you hire someone, your business should double. And, you know, I actually have my mom 
and my wife are prepping items each week and I expect my business to triple this year. So um, a VA being able to source 40 hours a week, that's, you know, if I spent 15 hours a week, that's 15 hours that I could put into something else, um, which could be building another business, could be um, investing in more automation or whatever. Um, I tweeted earlier, a lot of people cut out, most people cut out expenses to save money and you realize that the rich and wealthy or upper class spend more money into systems to give them back time because really time's the most valuable asset anyway. So if you can spend money to get back time, I mean, you think about that's why people will hire a maid, they'll hire, hire a personal chef. Um, like eventually I want to get a maid because I hate doing laundry. I hate it. Like there's not one aspect of it that I enjoy. So for me, if it was, if a maid came over once a week and did laundry, that's worth, that's worth money to me. And so I'd rather pay that out to someone who's more than happy to do it. And it helps them support their family. Um, and I don't have to do it. Yeah, dude, that's spot on. I'm going to have to wrap this up pretty short. We've been going for two hours. I think one thing I touched on the VAs I'll end with. I'm, I think one thing me and uh, Flip and Hustle were trying to do is give away as many side hustles as possible. So if you already have a VA, one thing I was thinking about doing, I feel like anyone could run this. You know, I don't know if this would be worth your time, Joe, but somebody could. Uh, I know somebody who runs the print on demand thing like I do on Etsy. And what I've been trying to do and what they actually got in on before me as I pitched it to them was they bought an Instagram theme page, you know, just like, it's not really like a person, a theme page is basically someone just like posts content about a certain, you know, topic or niche or whatever, whether I think it was like outdoorsy stuff and literally has them source content the entire time and uses that to be able to sell you know, print on demand stuff. He just links the bio to the Shopify sort site. He pays them however much an hour and they're just finding content, consistently posting it. And then the designs that they have like correlate to their theme or whatever it might be. And he's just making money hand over fist like that. Um, that's one side hustle I've been trying to get. Yeah, I want to get into in 2022 just to spend on the back burner, not high priority. But if somebody has a VA, they want to get in on it. That's one thing you could do is you could literally just buy a theme page have a VA create all the designs that you'd sell for like a print on demand site or anything like that. And then just have them grow the audience and monetize them by selling merch that relates to the theme that you kind of are growing on the page. Um, that's one thing you could do there. So just want to kind of toss that out there near the end. No, that's awesome. Yeah, dude, anything else? Yeah, you know, like I said, kind of got to wrap it up. If you have any final thoughts to drop, I'm sure everyone would appreciate it. Uh, you know, nothing informative. I've just, you know, I go about each day. Not every day is going to be a great day, but it's always a great day to be alive as, you know, uh, as they say. And I always remember if I'm having a bad day, I know that there's probably at least a billion people in the world who would gladly trade places with me. So if you're having a bad day or if you're having a bad week, don't let it keep you down. Um, there's you've got opportunities and it's not always going to be easy, but I can tell you, like, if you're willing to put in the work, if you're willing to make a little bit of a sacrifice, you can change your whole trajectory of your life. And, um, it, it's well worth it. That's, that's all I got. Yeah, man. No, that's awesome. I once heard somebody say that there's people out there who pray for the things you complain about. 
So I think, you know, you dropping that wisdom was a great place to wrap this up on. So dude, I appreciate you sliding through everyone. I appreciate you guys coming out. Like I said, me and flip and hustle run this every Thursday at noon Eastern. This is the first day that we've actually recorded this and are going to be thrown out there on Apple podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, we're calling it paid forward, but Joe, appreciate you sliding through Kentwood. Thanks for sliding through. Tej was in here earlier. You know, everybody sliding through. We really appreciate it. Um, just all the wisdom that you guys are sharing with us, helping us, you know, A, make content, B, people listening, make money and, you know, dude, like changing lives. So appreciate that, man. I always love having you slide through these spaces. Yeah, man. I appreciate it. I love jumping on. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I'm going to be winding this down, but hope everyone has a great week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Paid Forward Podcast. We do this every Thursday at noon Eastern live in Twitter spaces. If you don't already follow us, feel free to check out some of the links below as well as some of the things that we're working on, which are linked below. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out with any DMs on Twitter. Until then, take care of yourselves and we look forward to seeing you next week live.